My name is Sammy and I'm six years old. And why is Jesus better than anything else? Because he helped the world. Being a kid isn't easy. You know you're supposed to be good, and sometimes you feel like you're doing a great job. But then the next minute, you do something wrong again. That's why we need Jesus, and to remember the good news of the gospel every day. Not just the part about when Jesus came to earth, but God's rescue plan from before he even created the world, and the hope of living with him forever, so that we can see through every story in the Bible why Jesus is better than anything else, and why he wants you to join him. Hello, friends, and welcome again to the Jesus is Better podcast. My name is Thomas Morse, and I'm so excited to tell you about today's story. The story today involves the Ark of the Covenant and a promise that God makes to David. Remember that the last story we heard about David was how he was made the king over all of Israel and how he captured Jerusalem from the Jebusites. David makes this new Israelite city his capital. And then he decides that he wants to make sure that everyone knows it isn't David who is great, but his wonderful God. Sometimes people have a tough time understanding why the Ark of the Covenant was so important to the Israelites. After all, it was just a shiny golden box, right? God wasn't inside the box, and we know that God isn't located in any one spot like on top of the box, because Psalm 139 says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. And if I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your right hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. So if we know that God and his spirit are everywhere, why was this box so important? For the Israelites, this box was a symbol and an agreement that their God, Yahweh, would always be their God. Sometimes, like in 1 Samuel, they treat it like a good luck charm, or like a guarantee that God had to do what they wanted. But God wanted them to treat it well. He commanded them to treat it like it was his royal throne. So let's keep that in mind as we read through chapters 6 and 7 of 2 Samuel. Again David brought together the best soldiers in Israel. The total number was 30,000. He and all his men went to Bala and Judah, and they wanted to bring the Ark of God up to Jerusalem from there. The Ark is named after the Lord. He is the Lord who rules over all. He sits on his throne between the cherubim that are on the Ark. The ark of God was placed on a new cart. Then it was brought from Abinadab's house, which was on a hill. Uzzah and his brother were guiding the cart. They were the sons of Abinadab. The ark of God was on the cart. David was celebrating with all his might in front of the Lord, and so was the whole community of Israel. All of them were playing castanets, harps, lyres, tambourines, rattles, and cymbals. They came to the threshing floor of Nakan, and the oxen nearly fell there. So Uzzah reached out, and he took hold of the ark of God. And then the Lord was very angry with Uzzah. It's because what Uzzah did showed that he didn't have any respect for the Lord. So God struck him down. 
He died there beside the ark of God. David was angry because the Lord's anger had broken out against Uzzah. That's why the place is still called breaking out against Uzzah to this day. David was afraid of the Lord that day. He asked, how could the ark of the Lord ever be brought to me? He didn't want to take the ark of the Lord to be with him in the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom. Obed-Edom was from Gath. And the ark of the Lord remained in Obed-Edom's house for three months. And the Lord blessed him and his whole family. And King David was told, the Lord has blessed the family of Obed-Edom. He has also blessed everything that belongs to him. That's because the ark of God is in Obed-Edom's house. So David went down there to bring up the ark. With great joy he brought it up from the house of Obed-Edom. He took it to the city of David. Those carrying the ark of the Lord took six steps forward, and then David sacrificed a bull and a fat calf. David was wearing a sacred linen apron. He danced in front of the Lord with all his might, and he did it while he was bringing up the ark of the Lord. The whole community of Israel helped him bring it up. They shouted, they blew trumpets. The Ark of the Covenant was brought into the city of David, and Saul's daughter Michael was watching from a window. She saw her husband, King David, leaping and dancing in front of the Lord, and that made her hate him in her heart. The Ark of the Lord was brought into Jerusalem. It was put in its place in the tent that David had set up for it. David sacrificed burnt offerings and friendship offerings to the Lord. After he finished sacrificing those offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord who rules over all. He gave to each Israelite man and woman a loaf of bread, and he also gave each one a date cake and a raisin cake, and then all the people went home. David returned home to bless his family. Saul's daughter Michael came out to meet him. She said, You are the king of Israel. You have really brought honor to yourself today, haven't you? You've gone around half-naked right in front of the female slaves of your officials. You acted like a fool. David said to Michael, I did it to honor the Lord. He chose me instead of your father or anyone else in Saul's family. The Lord appointed me ruler over his people Israel. I will celebrate to honor the Lord. And that's not all. I will bring even less honor to myself. I will bring even more shame on myself, but those female slaves you spoke about will honor me. Saul's daughter, Michael, didn't have any children as long as she lived. The king moved into his palace. The Lord had given him peace and rest from all the enemies around him. Then the king spoke to Nathan, the prophet, and he said, Here I am, living in a house that has beautiful cedar walls, but the ark of God remains in a tent. Nathan replied to the king, Go ahead and do what you want to do. The Lord is with you. But that night the word of the Lord came to Nathan. The Lord said, Go and speak to my servant David. Tell him, The Lord says, Are you the one to build me a house to live in? I brought the Israelites up out of Egypt, but I have not lived in a house from then until now. I have been moving from place to place. I have been living in a tent. I have moved from place to place with all the Israelites. I commanded their rulers to be shepherds over them. I never asked any of those rulers, Why haven't you built me a house that has beautiful cedar walls? So tell my servant David, the Lord who rules over all says, I took you away from the grasslands. That's where you were taking care of your father's sheep and goats. I made you ruler over my people Israel. I've been with you everywhere that you have gone, and I've destroyed all your enemies. 
Now I will make you famous. Your name will be just as respected as the names of the most important people on earth. I will provide a place where my people Israel can live. I will plant them in the land. Then they will have a home of their own. They will not be bothered anymore, and evil people will no longer crush them as they did at first. That is what your enemies have done ever since I appointed leaders over my people Israel. But I will give you peace and rest from all of them. I tell you that I, the Lord, will set up a royal house for you. Someday your life will come to an end. You'll join the members of your family who've already died. And then I will make one of your sons the next king after you. And I will make his kingdom secure. He is the one who will build a house where I will put my name. I will set up the throne of his kingdom, and it will last forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he does what is wrong, I will use other men to beat him with rods and whips. I took away my love from Saul. I removed him from being king. You were there when I did it, but I will never take away my love from your son. Your royal house and your kingdom will last forever in my sight. Your throne will last forever. Nathan reported to David all the words that the Lord had spoken to him. And then King David went into the holy tent and he sat down in front of the Lord and he said, Lord and King, who am I? My family isn't important, so why have you brought me this far? I would have thought that you had already done more than enough for me. But now, Lord and King, you have also said what will happen to my royal house in days to come. And my Lord and King, this promise is for a mere human being. What more can I say to you? Lord and King, you know all about me. You've done a wonderful thing, and you have made it known to me. You've done it because that's what you said you would do. It's exactly what you wanted to do for me. Lord and King, how great you are. There isn't anyone like you. There isn't any God but you. We've heard about it with our own ears. Who is like your people Israel? God, we are the one nation on earth you have saved, and you've set us free for yourself. Your name has become famous, and you've done great and wonderful things. You've driven out nations and their gods to make room for your people. You saved us when you set us free from Egypt. You made Israel your very own people forever. Lord, you have become our God. And now, Lord, keep forever the promise you've made to me in my royal house. Do exactly as you promised. Then your name will be honored forever. People will say, the Lord rules over all. He is God over Israel. My royal house will be made secure in your sight. Lord, who rules over all, you are the God of Israel. Here's what you have shown me. You told me I will build a royal house, so I can boldly pray this prayer to you. Lord and King, you are God. Your covenant can be trusted. You have promised many good things to me. Now please bless my royal house. Then it will continue forever in your sight. Lord and King, you have spoken. Because you have given my royal house your blessing, it will be blessed forever. I love this story. It's just so incredible how God blesses David even though he makes mistakes and sometimes he gets people hurt. What did David use to bring up the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem the first time. It was a cart. And this is the same way the Philistines had returned the Ark to Israel. Sometimes we can forget how holy and awesome God is. This is what happened to David and Uzzah. Remember, Uzzah wanted to keep the Ark of the Covenant safe from falling, but 
he forgot how dangerous it is to be in the presence of God. Do you think of God as dangerous? I usually think of God as kind and loving. But these stories help us understand all the different aspects of God. One of my favorite stories is written by a man called C.S. Lewis. In the book The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, one of the children, they, they meet a beaver, and the beaver tells them about Aslan, who is a lion and he's the king in the story. Mr. Beaver says, Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Ooh, said Susan, I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. Whatever we think about what happened to Uzzah in this story, we have to remember that God is good, and that these stories point to a good God and his son, Jesus. Is there any way that Uzzah could have been saved? I think that David should have known that God provided poles to carry the ark with, so that God's ark would not fall down if it was on a cart that hit bumps. Uzzah also should have known that he should not have been the one to catch or move the ark. Special people called Levites and priests were supposed to be in charge of doing that. But maybe Uzzah wanted to keep taking care of it since his family had cared for it so long. It's also interesting to me that David became angry and then he left the ark at the house of Obed-Edom. Sometimes we get frustrated when things don't work out like we thought they would. Should that stop us from doing the things that we know we're supposed to do? Have you ever tried to do something nice for someone, only for them to be unkind to you? Have you ever tried to help your brother or sister for them to only hurt you in return? Does this mean that we shouldn't be kind to them? Well, of course not. God knows that sometimes things won't work out or they won't go well, even though we're trying to do one of the good jobs that he has prepared for us. We need to remember to keep God's plans first and to keep loving him and others even when it isn't fun or easy. When David hears that Obed-Edom's family is blessed, he realizes that he needs to bring the ark to his new capital to spread God's special blessing to all of Israel. This time he's extra careful. He sacrifices a bull and a calf every six steps. It doesn't say that he uses the carrying poles, but I bet that David was extra careful this time. Did you also notice how much singing and dancing David did? David was so happy to bring God's Ark of His Covenant to Jerusalem that he danced around, he sang, and he played instruments until some people thought that he looked silly. Can you imagine a king acting like this? King David knew that the symbol of God's presence coming to his people was a wonderful and joyous occasion. The last part of the story that I want to talk to you about is when King David wanted to build a house for God. Normally, kings at this time would build a big temple to their favorite God, and then they would ask that God to come down and fill the temple, and then those kings would work really hard to make a great name for their nation and their God. And then they thought that their God would bless them and keep their sons as kings if they did a really good job. But God does all of this backwards. God tells King David that he's going to first bless David. 
He's going to make his throne strong before David even does anything. And he tells them that only after he's died will his son build him a temple. And all of this comes true, too. What's really amazing is that as the story continues, it looks like more and more bad things will happen until God's promises won't be fulfilled. The kings that come after King David, they're, they're not people who seek after God's heart. They ruin the land of Israel and they break the kingdom apart, undoing all the work that David did. Then they're taken into captivity and slavery in faraway lands. But they come back and a thousand years after David, a boy named Jesus is born. He's one of David's great, 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 and lots more great-grandsons. He becomes an amazing king that Israel and all of us need. And he fulfills God's amazing promise to David. Have you ever seen pictures of Solomon's temple? Maybe you've seen some drawings, but no one actually knows what it looked like. Because it was destroyed over 2,000 years ago. When the Israelites returned from captivity, they tried to rebuild the temple. But it was again destroyed 500 years later. Jesus even predicted that this second temple would be destroyed. Jesus told his followers that he was building a new temple, though. Jesus tells us that, just like King David, we shouldn't worry about the church buildings or the homes or the schools that you might meet to worship God in. That's because God is building a temple and a house for us. God's new temple isn't made from cedar planks, stone, or even gold, but from each and every one of us. That's the best news that we can know today. God doesn't have to live far away on his throne on the Ark of the Covenant, but wants to live on the throne of our hearts. We have it so much better than even David. David made a place for God to dwell in his city, but Jesus makes a place to dwell in every part of our lives. Let's remember this week that no matter what we're going through, that we have a king who cares for us and wants the best for us. And that's all I have now. Talk to you next time.